I'm excited to, to be up here tonight. It's always a blessing when I get to put down the guitar and talk about God's word with you guys. If you don't know who I am, I'm Pastor Jared Gregory. I'm one of the worship pastors here along with Pastor Ken. And uh, I, I love talking about God's word. There's two things I love talking about, God's word and when I get to talk to my wife about what we're having for dinner that night. Oh, <laughs> uh, you guys, tonight, let's dive right in. Let's dive right in. Tonight, the title of the message God gave me tonight is called New Things. I love how the Holy Spirit weaves a theme without us even trying. I, I didn't talk to, to Pastor Ken. I talked to Pastor Ryan briefly. I didn't talk to Jessica about what the message is tonight, but I love how the Holy Spirit gives those songs and has us sing and just lines up the theme tonight of what he's going to do in this room and what he's already begun to do. Amen? Tonight we're talking about God at work in our lives. We're talking about our spiritual eyes being open to the things God is doing around us. I want to dive right in. If you brought your Bibles, you're taking notes. We're going to look at Isaiah chapter 43, verse 16 through 25 tonight. I want to dive right in. I have a few simple points I want us to walk away with. You know, Wednesday nights, it's a spirit-led atmosphere, and it's about activation. It's about activating God's word as we soak it up, as God lets his word sink into our hearts. And so after I give a few points, I want to leave some room for the Holy Spirit to do what only he can do when we're done at the end of the evening tonight. If you brought your Bibles, Isaiah 43. God says this. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters. I'm reading out of the new living tonight. Making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt. With all its chariots and horses, I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. Their God is talking about the miracles of the exodus, the miracles that the children of Israel, when they were in bondage and in slavery in Egypt, and God brought them out of Egypt, the miracles that they witnessed, the parting of the Red Sea, Moses. God's talking about the miracles that were witnessed then, but he says here in verse 18, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me. The jackals and owls too for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself and they will someday honor me before the whole world. But dear family of Jacob. So I want to I pause right there. What God is referring to there, he's not only referring to there in Isaiah, the coming Christ, but he's also referring to what Christ is going to do in you and through you. Like what Talia said tonight, God has something that he wants not only to do in you, but through you to others around you. And God will use you to create rivers through the wastelands, and he will use you to create paths through the wilderness, through those places where in the natural people say, no, nah, you can't reach that person. That person is lost. No, you can't change that. That situation's hopeless. You know what God says? 
in me and through me, nothing is impossible. And God wants to use you to speak into those situations. And that's what we're talking about tonight. A God who does new things. You know, the Bible says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so to God, there are no new things. But to us, he's always doing a new thing because God sees our end from our beginning, our beginning from our end, right? And so a lot of times in life, we don't always understand, we don't always see what's coming next, but God knows exactly what's coming next. And God is saying, hold on, watch me, watch what I'm about to do because I'm about to do a new thing with you. Let's pick it up, verse 22. But dear family of Jacob, you refuse to ask for my help. You have grown tired of me, O Israel. You have not brought me sheep or goats for burnt offerings. You have not honored me with sacrifices, though I have not burdened and wearied you with requests for grain offerings and frankincense. You have not brought me fragrant calamus or pleased me with the fat from sacrifices. Instead, you have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your faults. But listen, this is the most important one. I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake, and I will never think of them again. That's good news, church. We can easily forget that God is at work around us 24-7. And I submit to you tonight, based on this portion of Scripture we just read, our lifestyle of worship, you see, what the Old Testament is talking about, they're bringing the sacrifices, those things, those those the sacrifices of frankincense and fragrant calamus and the fat of rams. We don't bring animal sacrifices anymore like they did in the Old Testament because in the New Testament, now New Covenant, New Testament Christians, Jesus Christ became the sacrificial lamb and paid the price for us once and for all by the shedding of his blood on the, on the cross. Amen? And now our part, though, and I'm going to get to this a little later, our part is we become living sacrifices. Rather than bringing a sacrifice of a ram to the altar, we get on the altar and we say, Lord, here I am. Do a new thing in me. Do whatever you would do with me, but here I am, Lord. I'm yours. But I submit to you, based on this portion of Scripture, God reminded the nation of Israel, and through Jesus Christ, we've been grafted into that family God said, you, didn't, you do not honor me. You, instead, you burden me with your sins and your faults. And I want to submit to you tonight. Just like it says there in Scripture where God says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Don't you see it? Our life of worship, if we fail to live a lifestyle of worship and honoring God, many times we can fail to see God at work in our midst. And I don't know about you, but I pray, Lord, have, I, I pray my spiritual eyes are open as wide open as they can be because, God, I know you're too big for me to miss, but I don't want to miss those things that you're doing that you want me to be a part of in this earth. Amen? Those people you would have me speak to, those, maybe that person you, you pass by at the store where the Holy Spirit says, go back and just talk to that person. Maybe you drive by somebody at the side of the road and the Holy Spirit lays on your heart. They need help. The little things, like Pastor Ken said.
God is at work in our midst 24-7. All around us, Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. God's always got your back. God's always got your back. I can remember... uh, I can remember a friend of mine, he told me this story. You know, this, this is an encouragement to you in here who might be struggling saying, you know, Lord, I, I, I don't really see you at work in my life. Lord, I'm going through some junk right now. I, I'm having a hard time. I'm struggling. Or you may look back on your life and say, Lord, where were you when all that went down? Sometimes we struggle seeing the new things God is doing in our lives, the Him at work around us because of our past, because of hurts and wounds in our past, where we look back and say, Lord, where were you when that happened? And this friend of mine told me this story. He had a a real rough upbringing, a rough childhood. He saw a lot of things before he should have seen them. He heard a lot of things before he should have heard them. And as a young boy, he would have to hitchhike Even to get to school, he would have to hitchhike. To go to the store at a young age, he was responsible for, uh, in a lot of ways, taking care of himself. And he would hitchhike and and do all these things. And one day in a moment of, of brokenness, he just said, Lord, where were you when all that happened? Where were you every time I had to stick my thumb out and try and catch a ride? And God spoke to him. And a father's just peace and love came over him. And God said, son, I was right there with you every time you got in one of those cars and I was watching over you and protecting you. And so if you're in here tonight and you're going through some stuff and you're wondering and struggling to see where God is, know he's right there with you, getting you through. And if you have something in your past that causes you to say, Lord, I struggle knowing you're with me right now because where were you then? God is here reminding you that he was with you the whole time. And you're drawing breath in this room right now because God has a good plan and a good purpose for your life. Amen. And that's what we're talking about tonight. That's what we're talking about. We serve a God who loves you and is at work in our midst. And so I just have three easy points. Three easy points. You know, I'm not the the sharpest tool in the shed. I like to keep things simple. Not the sharpest Lego in the box. Moms, dads, you guys ever step on one of those Legos? Man, they hurt. <laughs> I heard a comedian talk about it once. I think my kids sit in the corner and sharpen them. <laughs> Just three easy points. So if you're taking notes, easy takeaways for tonight based on Isaiah 43. And looking and seeing God at work in our midst. The first one is expect amazing things. Expect amazing things. How many times has God gone gone above and beyond your expectations? His word says he never fails. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Expect amazing things. I want to read you Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. 
Now, now just meditate on that for a second. This is a scripture that you can take right to the bank. You can take any scripture right to the bank. But this is, this is one of my life verses. Meditate on that for a second. Anything you might ask God or think, hey, Lord, this would be cool if you did this. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more. That's one of the benefits, and this is a whole other message. That's why we believe, one of the reasons, we believe in praying in tongues, praying in your prayer language. Again, this is a whole other message. I don't want to camp here. But you who practice praying in tongues, and if you don't, I'd love to chat with you about it afterwards. Think about this. God could be using you to pray for something in the natural that you have no natural knowledge of. Because he's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever ask or think. He's the God that says you may be looking at the road ahead, but I have the whole map. Expect great things. When was the last time you believed God for something big? Because, hear me out, God wants to use you for big things and great things. Now, God defines big and great differently than we do in the natural, differently than what the world says. The world says you got to have, you know, celebrity status to do big things and great things. you got to have, you know, this many followers and this many likes. That's not how God defines greatness. God wants to do, use you for great things in his kingdom each and every day. Expect great things. Believe God. My, my pastor in Ionia used to say all the time, believe God for something. What do you believe in God for today? What are you believing God for today? Where are you putting your faith today? Are you believing God to do something amazing, not just in you, not just in the life of your family, the lives of your kids, your workplaces, your schools? Pray big prayers. I challenge you tonight. Pray big prayers because he's a big God. Amen? You may be going through some dry wasteland places. How many of you guys have ever been in those valley seasons? We all have. If you didn't raise your hand, I don't believe you. <laughs> when you're in those seasons... Expect great things. Don't let the enemy steal your joy. God says you can have joy in him that the world doesn't understand. That the enemy will try to take away. Believe God. Believe him for those great things, those big things. Expect amazing things. Believe God for those amazing new things that he's going to do. Romans 4.17 says this. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, him being Abraham, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. So let that be an encouragement. If you're here tonight, And you're believing God for something that seems impossible. God can bring new things out of nothing. When, it, when you don't see a way possible in the natural, God knows exactly what's needed 
Amen. Number two. Point number two. Awareness through worship. Or become aware through worship. Become aware. So as we speak of God at work in our midst, you become aware through a lifestyle of worship. As we read in Isaiah 43, God addressed the nation of Israel and God is speaking to us too. When we fail to honor God with our lives, many times we fail to see what he's doing in our midst. And this is huge because, I, you know, I'm up here, I, I get to talk and teach and, and speak about worship on a weekly basis, you know, being a worship pastor here, we try to cast that vision to our teams that worship has nothing but probably 1% to do with what happens on this platform. The other 99% happens off of this platform. It's how we live. It's the words we say. It's every single thing about our lives. Lord, I submit to you. Worship is honoring God with all that you are. Every single part of you. It's not just a song you sing. And so that's why I encourage you, we don't get hung up on song styles. We don't get hung up on, well, I like this style, but I don't like this style. Because you know what? At the end of the day, style has nothing to do with, I want to honor God. I want to honor God. That's why we encourage you to do things like lift your hands and worship. Because we want it to be more than just lyrics coming out of your mouth. It's, a, it's an affair of the heart. Amen? Romans 12 says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Listen, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God has an amazing way of working things out for us when we just set our hearts and minds on him. And so I encourage you, as we wrap up, as we close, when we get closer to the end of the evening, and I want to leave some space for the Holy Spirit to speak to you, I encourage you, ask God, Lord, is, what's in my life that needs to not be there? What's in my life that's getting in the way of you? What's a distraction? What's something that's hindering? Problems, distractions. So often we tend to meditate on our problems, on our worries, on our cares. When God tells us to meditate on his word. Meditate on his goodness. I want to share a story. Uh, my wife Alicia, uh, when she was Pregnant with our, our third child, our third child, our daughter, Naraya. She's a five-year-old little spitfire. <laughs> um, when Alicia was pregnant with her, she, uh, before that, before she had become pregnant with her, she um, was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And she suffered from a lot of chronic pain in all of her joints. And it was hard to watch her go through that. But I can remember 
she would she would kind of go she would go to our music room our studio room in our house and and she would just get alone with God and for hours she would just worship through all of that she would worship in the face of all of that and God really provided and 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 brought her through and it was prophesied over her later that her pregnancy with Neriah would be restorative and that she would be healed and after Neriah was born she hasn't struggled with any of that like she did before God came through God was faithful to his word but I want to encourage you as we cultivate a lifestyle of worship as we cultivate a life that honors God that our our eyes to see him at work around us are open, our spiritual eyes are open, I encourage you, if you're going through some stuff, stay close to him. Pursue him. God will get you through. Because when we get to heaven, we're not going to have to struggle with pain or fear or death. And so we'll never have an opportunity like we do right now to worship God in the face of all of that. Amen. And, you know, I want to I call Pastor Ryan on up. I, I wanted to do something tonight. Little, a simple illustration. Simple, simple illustration. This is what can happen far too often. And I'm, I'm speaking to myself here too when it comes to that lifestyle of worship. And just being aware of God at work around us. This is the posture we need to have 24 hours a day. Jared, Jared, come here. I want to tell you something. Yes, Lord. <laughs> I forgot to say, Ryan's playing the part of God here. I'm God, yeah. He doesn't call me Lord during work hours. That's. Yeah. <laughs> but you see, yeah. I was leaning in. I was listening. I was listening. The Bible says that he's that still small voice that speaks to you. Are we listening? Are we tuned in? But so often this is what happens. Hey, Jared. Oh, so-and-so called me right on. Jared, come here. Okay. Look out for that Lego. Oh, that movie's out? Hey, Jared. Jared, come here. I want to tell oh, you something. Why didn't someone warn me about that Lego? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wasn't tuned in. I was distracted. And I know that's thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. I know that's super simple. It just it goes way beyond the phone. Don't let the things of this world distract you from what God is speaking to you right now in this moment. Because the enemy will always try to distract you. The enemy doesn't want you walking in the fullness that God has for you. He doesn't want you walking in the life and the plans and the purposes God has for you. Don't let him steal it away. Listen. Tune in. God's a gentleman. He waits for our invitation. Right? What that all boils down to. And I love it when we get to corporately take communion together. We're not tonight. But communion is a picture of fellowship with our Lord and Savior. God invites us to his table. And at the end of the day, you know what worship is? It's honoring God and it's spending time with our Father.
I have four kids. You parents out here, you'll, you'll totally understand. And We've all had parents. At the end of the day, we have to remember that our God is a loving father and he wants to spend time with his kids. He wants to spend time with his kids. He wants to be involved in the little things, just like Pastor Ken said. He wants to be in the little things of your life. And when we cultivate that kind of an attitude, Lord, I'm tuned in, I'm listening, I want to be aware of what you're doing around me. Help me to see, help me to hear. Hold on to the handlebars because God is going to do amazing things. At work, in your school, in your families, in your homes. You know, I'm going to tell you a funny story. So this last Thanksgiving, we have a family tradition in my house. We don't go anywhere for Thanksgiving. We stay home. My wife puts together this awesome Thanksgiving meal. And this last Thanksgiving, we're, we're getting near the end of the meal. Um, the other three kids had gotten up to take their plates to the sink. And my youngest reaches to his backside, makes kind of a funny face, and pulls his hand out and sets something brown on the table. And out of the corner of my eye, I see it happen. I look over and I, I had to think about, wait, Alicia didn't make any chocolate pudding. I think I said, Alicia, you didn't make any chocolate. Oh, no. So, yeah, worst case scenario there. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> uh, he pulled out a little Tootsie Roll and set it right on the table there. And, you know, we laugh. It was actually hilarious when it happened. Everybody was pretty much done eating, so that worked out pretty well. <laughs> but you know what? We laughed about it. And I think so often sometimes we fail to go to that intimate place with God at his table in that fellowship moment with God because sometimes we're afraid to bring some of that junk that might end up on the table. You know what I'm saying? But God says, bring it all. You want to know why? Because the blood of my son, Jesus Christ, took care of all of that. And you are washed white as snow. And you know what? My son, my daughter, I just want to spend time with you. Point number three. You were made for new things. You were made for new things. When you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, the Bible said that you became a new creation. And like I said earlier, God is not surprised by anything. There's no thought where God says, hey, I just thought of that. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. God knows it all. There's no thought that just dawned on him. But God says, watch, because I'm doing a new thing in the earth right now, 
And I believe each and every one of you sitting here tonight, God wants to do a new thing in you and through you. It doesn't matter if you've walked with the Lord for 30 years, 30 plus years, or three days. God is at work in you right now, and he knows there are people around you every single day that are hurting, that are lost, that are broken. And God wants to use you to speak life, his life, into those situations and into those people. Amen? Be available. God wants to do new things in you and through you, and you were made for those new things. I love it in Isaiah 43, verse 25. God reminds us just how much he loves us. After he reminds us to cultivate a life of worship, honoring him, so that we can see those new things that he's doing. He reminds us just how much he loves us when he says, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake. I will never think of them again. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, through Christ? Oh, I can't hear you. Through Christ? I'm made new. And I was made for new things. There you go. Isn't that good to remind ourselves of that? And when God says you're a new creation, I'm talking brand spanking new. New. Your past is gone. You're not the same person you used to be. And so I want to encourage you. Be ready. Be ready. Expect amazing things. Live that life of worship. Live that life of honoring God. Be ready to get on that altar and say, Lord, here I am. Sometimes when God speaks something to you, it won't make sense in the natural. Many times it won't make sense in the natural. Because the Bible says God uses the weak things of this world to confound the wise. God says, where you don't see a way in the natural, I know the way. Whoever, whoever says living as a Christian is boring, I'm, I'm sorry. They're missing it. They're not getting it. If you're really living as a Christian, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, and you're listening, you're tuned in, Get ready because the Holy Spirit's going to do some amazing things. I never, ever thought while I was still in the world and I was still living the way the world said I should live and I wasn't sold out for Jesus Christ, I never, ever thought that I would be standing up here with you guys sharing from the Word of God, proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. I never thought I'd be walking in a call as a worship pastor I never thought I'd be called to full-time ministry. It wasn't even on my radar. But God gets a hold of you and starts doing new things as long as we're ready and we're listening and we're open and we're obedient each and every day. Each and every day. 
I want to kind of start to wrap up. You can go ahead and start playing some of that music. When you live for Christ, you're going to do things you never thought you'd do before. You're going to speak to people you never thought you'd speak to before. You're going to care in a way you never thought you'd care before. You're going to love other people that you thought were unlovable. You're going to forgive like you didn't think you could forgive. Maybe some of those that have hurt you in the past. Through Christ, all things are possible if you let him do his work, do his new thing in you. I just want to take a couple of minutes. I just want to take a couple of minutes. Let's all just bow our heads. As some of this music plays. Let's take a couple of minutes and just tune in. In your own words, in your own way, just say, Lord, here I am. Holy Spirit, here I am. Speak to my heart tonight. What's something getting in the way of you? Something going on in my life that's getting in the way of you, Lord. Who's that person that you keep laying on my heart that you would have me go and talk to and strike up a conversation with and just let your light shine through me. Just in your own words, just let the Holy Spirit speak to you tonight. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word never returns void. Thank you for speaking to us here tonight. And those things that you've spoken to us tonight in this place, Lord, help us to remember. Help us to walk out of these doors and and walk out the assignments you give us, walk out the things you would have us do. Help us to see the new things you're doing in our midst. Help us to see you at work around us all the time. Every day, Lord. We want to be about your business. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you lead us and guide us every step of the way. And that no matter what we're going through, you're always there with us. We thank you for that.
if you're in here tonight and you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to acknowledge your need for a Savior in this place. Or if you're in here tonight and you've fallen away from God, you've fallen away in your relationship and you want to rededicate your life to Christ. If you're either one of those tonight with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to ask you to raise your hand, take a bold step of faith in this room tonight and raise your hand and say, Lord, I want to make a decision for you. Or you say, Lord, I want to rededicate my life to you because I once walked with you and Lord, I want to get back to that place. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you so much. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see the hand in the back. Thank you. Praise God. Let's join with these together. Let's pray this prayer. Father God, right now, I ask Jesus into my heart. Jesus, I give you my life. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins, to forgive me of my past, help me to forgive others as you've forgiven me. And so right now, Father God, I declare that I'm going to live for you every day. I give you my heart, I give you my life, and I thank you that I'm a new creation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 God bless you guys. Yeah.